gym owners constantly hit me up with questions regarding white labeling supplements and whether or not it's a good move for their business. Hey, Stu, I know a site where I can get high quality supplements, you know, that allow me to put my own gym's brand on them and I get to sell them at a really high profit margin. What do you think? Well, Chad, I I think it simply comes down to a question you have to ask yourself. Do you want to be known for your incredible fitness service, your coaching and the client experience, or are you trying to create a reputation for having the best supplement brand in the business? See, here's the cold, hard math of it all. You go all in on your gym business 100%, or you can split your attention between the gym and another venture like supplements and be 50-50 at best. And God forbid you try to throw in another revenue stream that looks easy on paper, but is anything but, and now you're half-assing everything at 33% each. It's just math, guys. And so for Chad and every gym owner like Chad who has had a similar idea, my recommendation is for you to invest 100% of your resources into what you do best, running an incredible training facility with your unique style of fitness. Let's leave the supplement game to those who do it best. And my recommendation for that is SFH. SFH, which stands for Stronger, Faster, Healthier, has created a lineup of supplement products that are not only effective, scientifically backed research, but they satisfy all the needs for a gym owner looking to provide their members with great products and generate extra revenue. Their wholesale program is extremely generous, allowing gym owners to increase their average client value significantly, and their products will look great on your shelves with clean, professional brand packaging. Trust me, guys, you couldn't reproduce what they've done if you wanted to. So let's leave the supplements to those who invested their 100% into them, and that's SFH. And currently, right now, SFH is offering all of my listeners 20% off all of their products over at SFH.com. Just use the promo code GYMTALK20, and you're going to receive 20% off your entire order. Again, guys, that promo code is GYMTALK20. So go use the code, buy some of the products, test them out yourselves, give them out to the members, see what you think. And once you're sold that SFH is the real deal, contact them and set up a wholesale account. Trust me, I promise you this is a far better venture, use of your time, and ultimately going to generate you a happier client and more revenue than trying to white label supplement yourself. All right, guys, remember, Jim Talk 20 over at SFH.com. Let's get into the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast, and I am super excited. I have um, uh, an individual who represents a company that I am now a uh, partner with, and I'm working with you guys have obviously been probably hearing about them in the pre-roll. I have Sydney Crispin here, and Sydney is technically the East Coast sales rep for SFH stronger, faster, healthier, the supplement line. And she's also, you know, kind of the liaison for all things metabolic, which uh, is kind of how uh, SFH and myself got, you know, were first introduced. Yeah, yeah, we we met at a really cool uh, conference, didn't we, Stu? And that was epic for me because I actually listened to uh, WTF um, usually on my commute to my my gym in the morning. So like putting a like actually seeing you in person was like a big deal for me because I was like, oh my gosh, this is the guy that I listen to all the time, and he's here at this really cool event that I'm also here at. Um, so I was super excited to meet you in person. 
So that's so funny. I did not. Okay. I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, I did such a dope job of my, my keynote that they were just like, oh, let's do some work together. I was like, I don't think they've ever even heard of me. And I'm obviously, I, I'm familiar with your brand. I've seen them on the shelves at every metabolic I've ever visited. Even before that, I was, uh, I was very well aware of the brand and, um, Okay, well, that's cool. I, I That's great. So uh, that's fun. So it's you and my mom listening to the podcast. That's the best. That's, uh, that's what gets me excited. So, all right, well, Sid, let's talk a little bit about this. You guys have the trust of one of the fastest growing fitness franchises out there in metabolic and, and everyone hears that. I mean, whether it's, you know, body lab or uh, rumble or orange theory, we constantly hear this phrase fastest growing fitness franchise. It's super interesting because metabolic has done it without VC money. They organically grew their first 11 locations or first 11 franchisees, and they're growing at this like nice, smooth, steady rate. And they're doing something that still hasn't been replicated. Nobody has made this strength-based interval training, gritty brand, you know, ripoff. Like no one's no one's stolen the idea yet. However, my listeners and myself included, I think we've all stolen great ideas from metabolic that they've they've had. And as I encourage everyone that listens to this, you know, good artists borrow, but great artists steal. And one of the things I was super impressed with, I knowing the founders of Metabolic was their I, I honestly never even considered like I like I why I can't see Brandon and Kirk fucking around with a supplement company. I just it just not it doesn't seem like it's them. And they had, I mean, they had so much trust in you guys as a brand. They loved the professional packaging. I think they just liked when they looked at your product on their shelves, regardless, again, you guys have all the science and the testing that goes into it, but that's what every supplement company says. So for me, I was like, man, what is it? And then, and talking with these guys, they, they thought you complimented their professional aesthetic and what they wanted their brand to look like so well by and alongside giving a great, reliable, effective product. And, and it just created this great partnership. Would you mind sharing with me a little bit as to how you guys and Metabolic got into bed together? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's such a fun story. Um, so uh, I don't know how many of your listeners are you know, familiar with SFH as a brand, but one of the things is we're a family-owned business, um, and and we have a lot of like integral parts that are still uh, within the same family, um, and they have been growing in the sports and industry kind of alongside the metabolic uh, franchise theory, everything. So. Patricia, our CEO, um, knows Brandon and Kirk, and they kind of were all in the same realm when, you know, CrossFit, um, kind of early years of CrossFit and, and things like that. Um, and so they had a, they knew each other, they were friends. Um, and so that is kind of like the basis of the, the relationship is like, there was a personal connection there. They knew each other, they were excited, um, and everybody was kind of doing their own thing. And then uh, kind of just like the metabolic, you know, we grew slowly and very methodically. I think that's something that metabolics did really well. And I think you spoke to that as like organically, uh, they were really methodical about how they were opening, where they were opening the brand image that they were choosing. Um, and so we did that as well. Um, and we've gone through a couple of different iterations of like our logo and all that kind of stuff. But the core of what we were and what we are stays the same is that we're backed by science. Um, and so we, we try and stay true to that. And as we both kind of took our, our same paths 
uh, eventually they intersected. Um, and that was really cool because then everybody felt like they were on really good footing and had similar mindsets. And so they intersected. And like you were saying is, you know, I think they had a vision of what their brand was and we fit really well in aesthetically to that alongside the fact that we're backed by science, that they had known uh, Patricia. So it just worked out really, really well. And I would say that in those kinds of things, like, luck favors those who work hard and so like there was a little bit of luck there but there was also a lot of hard work on both sides of the aisle and it just kind of came together and meshed really well man sid now you're dropping fuel hunt lines on here i like it i absolutely love that's my favorite phrase luck favors hard workers i believe that 100 percent um so check it I, it's interesting you were, t- you were talking about the aesthetic of it and a lot of owners some people i don't think think about that. And and I've got a story and I'm going to, and this is not to throw this brand under the bus whatsoever. I'm actually the found one of the, the original founders of it. Um, very close colleague of mine, uh, going to be going out and seeing him and doing a podcast with him this year, but his name is Jason rule and he owned driven nutrition. And as a CrossFit gym, I carry driven nutrition in my gym. It matched my CrossFit aesthetic, this shitty warehouse, right? No air conditioning, no heat, just barbells dropping, you know, this whole thing. However, when I, uh, when I got rid of CrossFit and rebranded and opened my thing up, I couldn't, I like, I had their stuff on my shelves for a little bit. And I was like, I can't, I can't be, I mean, this, the packaging, the name of the, you know, pre-wad and, you know, like I just, it no longer aligned with my brand. And it, it was one of those things where we just went completely off supplements after that point uh, for a while. Um, but it, at the time, it was just like, what a big deal that was to me. But I know a lot of gym owners don't think about it. They're like, oh, I'm just going to have a bag of this stuff, whether it's because I like the brand, I use it myself, or I like their wholesale pricing, whatever, I'm going to slap it up my shelves. And for those of us in a 2023 world now, that are really focusing on a good aesthetic when people first walk in and a great brand, you know, client experience where things look like they were purposefully curated. They weren't just kind of thrown together with random Ikea furniture and, hey, are industrial shelves and chic industrials, that is that still in? Okay, let's get some metal pipe shelves and some reclaimed wood and just, you know, throw whatever on top of there. You know, actually think about like, what does the apparel look like when someone walks in? What does the retail packaging looks like look like? And I have to say that from a design eye, which I believe I have, I think SFH is one of the best looking packaging on their products uh, that I've seen. Like when I walk into Metabolic and I see it on the shelves, I'm like, it fits. Like it looks good. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's one of the the benefits to SFH um, above and beyond, um, you know, what what's inside the packaging is that you know we wanted to represent um, our ourselves in a really fully encompassed way, and so the packaging matters. You know, yeah, it would be really inexpensive to to slap our really high quality uh, product inside a, a tub and you know just put a band around it and like, like everybody else, um, because, you know, plastic tubs are really inexpensive. We go the extra mile in just about everything that we do. And that includes our packaging. So it's got that like matte glossy finish, the hexagons really pop. We make sure that our colors for, um, you know, the different bags, um, for the different formulas really stand out to like our, our pre-workout is, you know, that black bag. It looks really clean and aesthetically pleasing. And then you have, um, you know, our, 
are pure, which is we tried to keep it simple, right? You know, like you spoke to this um, about, you know, pre-WAD and like our names, we wanted to keep the names of the formulas really simple and they they are exactly what they do. So for example, pure, it's, it's pure whey concentrate. We, we, there's no fuss about it. That's what it means. Um, and so like push, it gives you the extra push. It's a pre-workout. We really wanted to keep that simple. So like there's not a lot of extra verbiage on the front of our bags to draw that away. And I think that that's something that people don't necessarily realize when they're thinking about retail. It's like, okay, how does this like visually look in my space? But also like what is the brand doing that helps? elevate my retail space. Um, and just as you were saying, I think, you know, in 2023, a lot of owners are looking at, okay, how do I tell my brand's story? Um, and they have to start by figuring out, you know, what their members value and then kind of building their brand with that. Um, because, you know, if those things are in conflict, it's, it's not always a good, it's going to be a good fit, but they also have to stay true to themselves. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a fine line to mesh those kinds of things. And once they have that figured out, then they can start creating those collections like you were talking about. Um, so it's not just like a random assortment of things, but okay, what am I focusing on? Am I focusing on recovery? Is my, you know, my primary group of clients, you know, 45 and older, uh, maybe that's what I really want to focus on. Am I like hardcore athletes and all I have are like, you know, high school and college kids uh, that are in here on the summer training for, you know, their sports in the, you know, during the season. Um, so it's just figuring all of that out. And we have something for everybody. And I always like to tell folks, you don't need to carry every line that we have, like really curate it and focus on what you're trying to achieve with your brand and make sure we can slot into that. That'll make the best partnership. I agree a thousand percent. And it's, you know, from a supplement line, you know, so look at the average micro gym core revenue generator core service is the group fitness classes. There may be auxiliary, you know, additional services, maybe some personal training or nutritional work, um, individual programming, maybe something to that degree. But the next thing that, you know, the cherry on top when I'm working with the gym, and once we have our core service offering, and then the additional service offerings running smoothly, retail is a big one. And I learned this from brands like Alchemy 365, who had incredible retail sales, which really pushed them into that 30% and higher profit margin, which is very rare to see in the in today's, you know, boutique micro gym industry. But, you know, it, the uh, the numbers I always run with gym owners, once we're at that stage, right, and, you know, everything else is kind of taken care of, we're kind of working on the cherry on top, is your retail sales, including supplements, need to be things that you got to think of it as like, oh, I'm not just trying to sling powders at my members. Like, no, it, it should definitely be something you believe in. Like, if you as a fitness professional and as a gym owner yourself, a fitness enthusiast, use a supplement yourself, and you do it for whatever benefit that particular supplement provides you, why wouldn't you, you know, share that with the members? I feel like sometimes gym owners are like, ah, yeah, but when you think of supplement sales, you just think of this guy with a mustache, kind of like the annoying dudes at the kiosk at the mall that are like, you know, I'm such a dickhead. I would walk by these at the mall and they'd be like, hey, sir, can I ask you a question? I'm like, ah, you just did, asshole. And I just keep walking. <laughs> and like, because, you know, those guys, they got to you just you get this sleazy connotation of these like supplement sales guys. But 
here's the magic of it. And, and we've had some discussion on this back and forth, even when we were talking about, you know, in creating like uh, the pre-roll and the things like that um, with SFH and how I think you guys could continue to really help gym owners is getting them to understand that guys, you should be shooting for on average per year, your members to spend about 10% of what their monthly recurring bill is with you in additional retail. Now that could be a mixture of apparel and supplementation. Supplementation is going to have a higher frequency purchase rate than apparel will. But I mean, just think about that. So like, let's say you're a gym and you charge, you know, $200 a month. We're talking about on average, we want a member spending $20 a month in retail. So that adds in a year, 20 times 12, 12 months, that'd be an additional $240. It doesn't seem like a lot, but if, you know, if you have, you know, 150 members, that's an extra $36,000 a year in revenue. And that's revenue that either they are a wearing, so it's now marketing for you, or it's revenue in which that they are getting more in the habit of you becoming their kind of like Amazon. And I say that like when they're hungry and they walk in the gym, they buy a bar or a fit aid. When they need their supplements, their whether it's the creatine, uh, like in your strong product, or if they want that, you know, mint chip and the protein, or you know, want that push for the pre-workout, it's just like, oh, give me a bag, let me throw it on my account, right? You become that like instant gratification. That's what we like about Amazon. It's instant gratification essentially with a two-day shipping. But you can have that there, and you could add ten percent of what somebody pays every month and 20 bucks per month, like one month, they might not buy anything. The next month they buy two products. So they spend 50 bucks the next month. So we, it averages out to probably 10, you know, 10% per month over the year. But let me ask you this, Sid, like on your side of the equation, when you talk to the metabolic locations and other gym owners, are they thinking of supplement sales like that? Or are they just like, well, I'm a gym. I just, I guess I need to have something on the shelves. My coaches will like it. So I think that the the folks who have had positive experiences with supplement sales are definitely thinking that way. And I think sometimes the folks who have had maybe not great um, experiences with kind of retail sales or they're, or they're not confident in retail sales, then it takes a little bit more education and, and working with them. It's funny that you, um, you did the 10%. I often uh, use that very similar equation when I'm talking to new accounts. Because one of the things that we do, um, and I think is completely different than probably a lot of other brands, is we're based in education. You you need to know about our products. You need to know how to use them. You need to know when to use them and all of that. But also the retail side of things, because we understand that not every gym owner um, has had experience on the retail side of things. Um, you know, when I was I was younger and growing up, um, I worked for you know as a young teenager. Uh, Adidas, City Sports. So like my background, there is a little bit of retail in there. So not only how to make things look pretty, but how how to sell things. And it, it can be a little bit of a, you know, confidence thing for some people. They don't want to be that pushy salesman and you don't have to be. Um, so we do talk a lot about like retailing the merchandise. Um, we do see some folks who think it's too labor intensive. It's not worth the profit margins. Um, maybe it's beneath the brand and they just haven't had good experiences with other brands. Um, and so we have to work with them a little more closely. Though retail, like you were saying, has a lot of benefits and more than just the profits. Profits are obviously lovely, um, but it's 
though it might not be the dominant revenue stream, it is important for things like brand awareness and retention and membership. Um, so it, if you do it right, it can be such an asset to your brand and to your business. And we understand that sometimes it takes a little while to get it right. Um, and we try and help folks get there. And that's one of the things about metabolics in particular is they get it. So walking into a metabolic or talking with a new franchise owner, um, they have done a really good job of prepping them for retail so sales are going to be a benefit to your business. And you need to make sure that it's an integral part of what you're doing um, and don't slack off on it because it's really easy because it is a little more time uh you know, intensive that it can be really easy to let that thing slide and just be like, oh, well, you know, I'll just let it sit there and it'll sell itself. Well, most things don't sell themselves. Um, I wish I could like bottle away for that to happen, but it just doesn't. I mean, even with like our most useful technologies, right? Like there's still people who are trying to, to get you to buy that. Um, so if you can really hone in on your retail and see it as a benefit, then it can be. Um, so that's what we do with the metabolics. And I really enjoy working with them for that reason is that they get it and they get that retail is so beneficial. And I got to say, so, I mean, you said that like, it will not, nothing will sell itself. I've, I've uh, started working with gym owners who are maybe nine months into their first lease. They paid out the ass for a prime retail location. And I mean, the, the foot traffic is insane and they're having sales problems. Right. They thought, you know, spending all that money for Primo, you know, a front end retail location was going to solve their marketing and client acquisition issues. And it's like, listen, it, things sitting on a shelf or businesses sitting in a pretty plaza with great storefront location, it that doesn't solve the problem. Like you have to be able, you have to actively be getting in front of the customer. Remember, customers were we see a thousand things on the on our phone a day and social media. We're passing by a thousand different ads a day. You have to do something. And I think metabolic and what I've seen, especially in the Charlotte market and Finley and the team there does a great job at this. They are constantly, and I hate saying the word push since it's a pre-workout. I'm not trying to be punny here, but like, you know, I've been inside of a metabolic and they're pouring samples of push and like, Hey, Hey guys, it's a fucking, mm -hmm. it's Wednesday. It's hump day, right? It's tough to get through this. Like, this is a tough ana anaerobic workout today here. Have a, you know, have a free push on us, like important shots of it. I mean, my God, you guys are pouring it at the conference and for anyone, you know, I haven't released all that. I haven't, we, we're, we're still working on the editing process, but I've got footage from this conference. And if I don't know, did you make it to the, did you guys make it out to the club on Saturday night after everything closed down? Uh, no, uh, because uh, unfortunately, we would have loved to, but uh, my partner who I was with uh, was flying back to California, and she was like on that slow decline. She had flown out, and she was, it was her first time across the country, but I heard that it was a little wild. A little wild is quite the understatement. I've got so much footage. I probably I'll never be able to publicly air. Brandon and Kirk would kill me. Um, but everybody, I mean, but like the whole team, all these franchisees, they're all like crap, you know, crushing some pro, uh, push, some pre workout because we've all been up. They've been listening to keynotes. They've been listening to speakers. They've been having conversations. I mean, it's it's an exhaustive day for sponsors, for speakers, for attendees, anyone who's been to these conferences. And, but they all truly love the product. And, you know, it's the South End location and the Elizabeth location here in Charlotte is a younger demographic. And I have a lot of friends that are metabolic customers. And they like your products are like, they're like, this is like, you know, I had one guy tell me, he's like, you know, I got buddies that uh, crush up Adderall before they go party. He's like, I'm not, that's not really my scene. He's like, but I really like push. 
like SFH's push is like a perfect pre-workout or even like a, hey, I'm going to have a few cocktails with friends, but I had a long day at work kind of thing. Like it tastes good. It feels good. I don't get, I don't feel tweaky. I don't have that niacin flush like in my face, you know, where I feel, my face feels like it's tingly. And it, like, I just look at the metabolic team and that culture and they truly just embody like a love for the product. It has utility for them. Even, you know, maybe untraditionally, maybe not why you guys designed it outside of uh, the workout experience as well. And for people who maybe don't like coffee, like they're just not coffee drinkers. You know, I heard people mention like that. It's a great alternative for them there. So I think metabolic is a great way, you know, example for gym owners. Like if you have retail, you want to move apparel and especially supplements, you have to show your actual like in you show that's a utility in your life, whether it's, you know, a trainer, I've seen trainers, a metabolic show, like a, take a photo, be like, Hey, I'm coaching three back-to-back classes. Um, it's a rough day. We had a coach call out sick and I'm helping my buddy out. So this is my lunch. My lunch is a banana, um, you know, uh, three handfuls or two handfuls of almonds. And I've got uh, some pure whey here from SFH. And, but they like show that with their customer base. Now their customer base is able to um, assume a, some level of reliability and trust with it because the people that they trust for their fitness also trust it. And I think that's probably why the metabolic locations do well in the retail sales side. Oh yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that they do so well is that they focus on the benefits of the products, not just its features. Cause like you can throw out there like, oh yeah, we got, you know, caffeine and we got beta alanine. Well, most pre-workouts have those things in them. That doesn't necessarily make us different than other people. It's our combination and how we put those together and we make sure that we got balanced electrolytes in there. And we're also not over caffeinating folks. You know, some pre-workouts have up to like 450 megs of caffeine in them, which is kind of absurd to me. Um, you know, we're right around the 115 mig of caffeine, which is like an equivalent to say like a 10 ounce cup of coffee. Um, so like, yeah, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, you know, I, I get my midday slump, I need a little, you know, coffee. I usually get one at 2 p.m. You know, push, push will work similarly, even if you're not going to go do, you know, a workout right after it, that's okay. You know, there's a, you know, kind of like some medications and things. There's off-label uses, like just because, you know, strong is supposed to be taken post-workout doesn't mean that you can't pair it with pure at the start of your day. Um, you know, there's, there's ways that we tweak it all the time. I always tell folks, like, if they want to use a little bit of push, like you said, maybe they're having a little bit later night, you know, you can always add more water like that is going to, you know, kind of tamp it down a little bit. So you don't have to do your just eight ounces of water. Maybe you do 12 ounces of water and, and then it, it, you know, feels a little bit better for you in that sense. So I think, yeah, they do a great job of focusing on the benefits of the product, not just its features. Um, and they just like make sure that they get that out to everybody. They talk about it in class. They talk about it after class. They talk about it on social media. So they really utilize all of their like forms of communication to their fullest benefit. And I've one thing I've noticed I've respected for you guys, you guys embody what I call like the concept to model. And I, and Sid, you're familiar with concept too, like the rowers and the ski ergs and the bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So concept two has, you know, has essentially had a very, they've got like what, three SKUs of actual, of like legit of their core products, right? They've got like three main products, the rower, the bike, the ski erg, and they've never really gone the way of 
constantly chasing what technology and what's in vogue and what's trending right now. It's the same monitor. It kind of looks like a Game Boy monitor, right? It's very analog. It's old school. It is the most reliable in my opinion, one of the best investments that a micro gym owner can make when they're looking at their equipment from resale pricing. Like I, you know, during COVID we had an excess amount of rowers and bikes and stuff. And we were, you know, you're trying to be very thin and, and costs are, uh, and generate additional revenue. And I was able to sell all that. And this is pre, you know, everyone freaking out about not being able to get any equipment, but I mean, at pretty much a, like 110% of what I paid for it originally, they hold their value incredibly. And so I look at concept two and then I look at SFH and I'm looking at this, uh, you know, as from a business lens and and not just because we have a partnership in there. I'm like, you guys stick to a, a, a very, uh, I'd say a thorough, but a very simple lineup of products. You guys aren't creating, you know, a bunch of products for the endurance community. You're not doing then a bunch of stuff for like the bodybuilder community. Like, you know, you guys have great pre-workout you have great like post-workout, like, you know, we're talking like hypertrophy strength-based stuff with your strong, you know, that with the, that's got the glutamine and the creatine in it. You stick to a very simple lineup of proteins with different options because protein is one of those things people have tolerance things for or whatever it may be. They have different, you know, types of protein that they would prefer. That's when you have to have a little bit more variety in. Does fish oil, but you guys stick to a very kind of simple, like, you know, your product lineup I bet like when you look at the rest of the industry is probably what some would consider a smaller product lineup. But in my head, I'm like, less is more simple is smart and boring makes billionaires, right? Like boring makes great businesses. How would you comment on that from, you know, with SFHs? Like, do you guys ever have to, do you guys often like constantly have to be like, well, no, we could create this other product that's kind of trending right now. Like we could create like an LMNT, a sodium based electrolyte product for endurance athletes and, and all, but like you guys don't always chase what's trending which in my opinion probably allows you to reallocate a lot of your resources into like the core products you offer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I appreciate you picking up on that. Like there's a lot of trending things and especially with the rise of social media and all of those aspects, like it's really easy from our uh, attention kind of standpoint for things to just like rotate over and be like, okay, well, this week. Well, next week it's this thing. Um, one of the funny things that I read this morning actually was that um, pinned fish is coming back. So like tuna in a can um, because of TikTok trends, um, which, are, you know, th that has been around forever. And I think if, you know, we take that same kind of principle of like, we're going to make a really good product. We're going to keep it on the market. Um, we're going to do all of our testing, we're going to make something that works. Um, and that's, that's the key thing is like we make products and it, it goes through a lot of testing and we want to make sure that everything we put out does what it says it does. Um, and so that takes time and we can't be hopping on every trend um, for that factor just alone. Um, but then from just kind of a brand standpoint of like, okay, how do we want to make smart moves is like, well, we, this is what we're known for. Um, so let's make the high quality products that we're known for. And every once in a while, we'll introduce a new product and we, we beta test and we do all of those things and we see how it does in the market. Um, and if it's not doing well, we let it go or we discontinue it. Or if there's kind of like that feedback, like, hey, we really love this, um, we might 
come back and, and do it in a different iteration. Um, so there are definitely been products that we've, you know, tried a couple of different times to see how they will land. And ultimately, you know, if they didn't work out, but we're like, okay, cool, we've tried it. But most of those aren't going to be like our, our core products. There's very little in the way of changing kind of the core products. Um, you know, we are known for our pre-workout, our fish oil, and our, our proteins. And that's really kind of what we stick to. That's our bread and butter. And like you said, you know, boring, like I think of it when you're working out, right? Like the boring, consistent things that don't make it on social media are the things that create a great foundation, right? Like you don't see me doing my mobility every day. Like I'm not posting that on social media, but it's what makes it so that I can work out for the five times a week. Um, and it's kind of the same thing with us of like, you know what? I take my, my strong and my pure when I work out on those days, but I'm not necessarily posting about it all the time, uh, but it does make that solid foundation. And so we take that into our business concept too, I think of just like, okay, make sure you take it consistently and stick to it and you'll see progress at the end of the line. And that's, so that's the interesting thing. And like, I believe, you know, I think the supplement industry is, is one, everyone's like, oh, supplement, this is the best part and gym owners, I don't care. You can, there's no way you could argue against me on this. A lot of gym owners are like, man, supplements, they're not regulated by the FDA, whatever. It's just a bunch of random powders in a, in a fucking container. I have no idea what I'm taking. I'm like, okay, Mr. Gym owner, I don't care. Bar, Pilates, spin, whatever. Is any of this regulated by a government industry? Or did you just hire a kid who could pass the certification and now he's coaching a class and helping Sally with her RDL with a barbell and no one's regulating that. No one knows if your fitness model works. Show me the PubMed, you know, New England's Journal of Medicine white paper that shows the scientific proof that your version of fitness. I'm like, it's the same thing. Gym owners who like bash on the supplement industry, like, yeah, it's all a bunch of BS and marketing and nobody knows if it works. I'm like, comma. So is our industry, buddy. So is the fitness industry. So what? So if that's the case, then here's what you do. You do one thing and you do it really, really well, right? In fitness, you stick to one model. That's why I think like companies like Metabolic are very successful. They've done one thing really, really well for a long time. They haven't deviated. Supplement companies, I think the ones that are constantly chasing like, oh man, this is popular now. This is popular now. It, you keep chasing that. That unit. There's, there's going to be another unicorn next quarter. There's going to be another great idea, you know, two quarters from now. And um, it never gives you the time to really sit and refine your current one. I'd love for you to, you know, just speak real quick to um, to SFHF from like a business perspective. Like, what are some of the things you guys have had to find, you've had to refine with your products over the years as as you get more customer feedback or more product, you know, uh, industry experience? Yeah. So that's a great question. And, and I'm going to touch on, uh, I, you know, a lot of people have that, that saying of like, oh, well, you know, how do I know what's in my product? And like, is it just, you know, they're putting a bunch of fillers and stuff. Um, you know, we go a step further. Uh, we're third party tested, but also there's a, quite a bit of our products that are NSF certified for sport. So we even get those certified. Um, so if you do have athletes and things like that, we go another step to say like, hey, this really is what's in this product. Um, we call it the SFH promise. Um, so it's gluten-free, soy-free, non-GMO, all of those kinds of things. And we do set uh, like we 
test and meet the regulatory standards set forth by the FDA um, to make sure we are providing the safest product. But to speak to some of those things that, okay, we had to like revamp or maybe have gone away with because like for whatever reason, one that comes to mind is um, we actually had a fish oil that was specifically designed for women. So it included some um, additional vitamins and, and different things like that um, so that it would help some of our, our customer base. Um, obviously, you know, like the, the team of SSH has a lot of um, women athletes, which I think is really cool. Patricia participated in CrossFit. Um, I'm a CrossFit, you know, uh, that's what I do. I also played rugby and college. So like, this was a cool product. But as we were doing things with it, we realized that some of the vitamins and some of the additional things in this really great product were, some were water soluble, and some were fat soluble. And so they weren't mixing really well. And so the product was inconsistent. Um, and that was just something that we were like, you know what, we can't have a consistent product. Um, and though it sold really well, um, it just wasn't meeting our standards. And so we had to be like, okay, until we can figure this problem out, until we can solve this problem, it's, we're going to have to go away with this. Um, and so that's one of those things is like, you know, there's a lot of things out on the market now that are specifically designed for this group or that group. And we had a really great one, but it just wasn't meeting what we needed it to do. So they're like, all right. Bye. Um, even though that's a huge trend, right? Like we were a little bit ahead of the game. Like I think that probably rose up, you know, over the last five years, these like specifically tailored kind of things. Um, and we were a little while ago. And so we, we could have been on the forefront of it, but it just wasn't there for us. So we decided to pull it in and try, uh, try another way. And who knows, it might come back, but it's one of those things where until we can get it right, it's not going to hit the shelves. And I, I love that. I can respect that a ton. And I, I think that's just a, a solid business overall practice to embody. I want to leave the listeners with another, uh, I was giving them kind of that 10% number, a little tactic there. I want to talk about another tactic that you guys do. You guys have done a, a solid job supporting, and you mentioned a lot of what SFH does is based on education. We do realize that gym owners don't open up their gym thinking about the retail side of the business. It's, that's probably almost as foreign to them as marketing financials, bookkeeping, things of that nature. And I've always, as a gym owner myself, I experienced the woes early on when I didn't know better of carrying a ton of inventory because I was ordering based on a guess. I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I think this many people will buy it. So I'll buy this many bags. Do they like chocolate or vanilla? I don't know. Let's go 50-50 of both. And I always end up sitting on product and I end up, you know, giving it to cook, giving it away to coaches as like thank yous or giving it away to members as like member, you know, for referral promotions and things like that. And it never seemed like, ah, this is not an efficient use of my money. When if you do it the way that I, I think Sid and I can talk about here in pre-ordering, you can instantly see the return on the investment, because when you pre-order, the customer funds your re your retail, your wholesale um, investment, right? Like they fund, you're buying exactly what's needed, plus a little bit of a margin. I'll let Sid kind of talk to that and give her expertise on that. Um, but Sid, would you mind just sharing kind of from your perspective and like kind of how you've worked with gym owners on kind of coaching them through uh, the operations of like a pre-sell for retail so they're not stuck with a bunch of product that isn't going to move? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we kind of take like a multi-pronged approach to this. Um, so we we think of like, okay, we want to make sure that 
as owners, you have the freedom of choice. So we have a tiered wholesale pricing system. So whether you have like an already really big, well-functioning retail section, or you're just starting out, you're trying to dip your toe into the water, you're trying to see whether it'll benefit you, then we got you covered. So we do a tiered pricing system. So we offer um, three different tiers, and it's based on the, the units that you purchase from us. Um, so we don't make minimums of like you have to purchase, you know, 12 bags of protein and you have to purchase, you know, 18 bottles of fish oil. It's like, hey, you can customize this. You can mix and match. If you're already carrying a protein that does really, really well, but you want to introduce a pre-workout, great. You're not locked in to having to buy a protein from us as well. You can just go the pre-workout route. Um, we have a lot of actually um, like chiropractors and things who pretty much just stick to the fish oil because they already carry supplements in other ways. And, you know, protein isn't something that they're, they're comfortable doing. So they do do fish oil. So it's a little bit of a, a customization, which is really great when you're a business owner having the freedom of choice because so many brands out there make you kind of locked in of like, Hey, you got to order 24 units from us, you know, every six weeks or whatever it might be. And that doesn't give you a lot to play with. We want to make sure that you're testing things out. If you want to introduce new products, you can. And the barrier, obviously, you know, the more you buy, the higher your discount is. But maybe you're not in a position to to open up with, you know, 30 units. Um, maybe, again, you, you want to try something out a little smaller. So that's one way that we do it. The other way that we do it is by making sure that you have like pre-order sheets and supplement guides and the education. So when you have your folks coming into you and talking to you of like what they might be interested in, you're not buying something that is completely off topic, right? Like if everybody's coming and being like, oh, I wish I could, you know, wish we had something better for recovery. Like I just, I'm not hitting my protein goals, but I need a little bit more. Like then you can focus on those products that are going to benefit them um, and what you're trying to kind of curate and create versus like, you know, just being all over the place. So the education piece of just having those guides um, for you to get started with, having the, the tiered pricing really helps um, give them that freedom. And so that's kind of how we approach it. Um, and it seems that folks really enjoy it um, and that they, they really get on board. I also, when I'm coaching a, a new business owner signing up with us, I'm like, hey, you know, don't invest all over the board, pick one to three products that are fitting that brand story that you're trying to create. And let's start there. Maybe you do eventually want to get to the full lineup that we have, or maybe you realize there isn't a market for it and we can kind of scale it back. But that's like a good jumping off point of like, what's your brand? What are you trying to create? How can we help you get there? I agree. And to add to that from a, a tactic for you guys. So the way I would run it, I would run my pre-sale, have the, you know, I'd have used the SFH kind of a pre-sale sheet up there, let everyone know. Now, prior, you got to understand, people are like, well, what am I buying? So you got you to gotta have some product on hand and you guys have great sample sizes of products. And I recommend, you know, buying, uh, you know, either the sample sizes or a bag or so and just having some like, you know, again, just like I said, metabolic did it, urban movement did it. We just pour like three protein shakes post-workout for people. We get a bunch of like, you know, four, five ounce tasting cups, make them get a bunch of blender bottles, shake it up, pour it like, you know, cocktail wise, like right there at the front desk. We'd have pre-workout for people when they came in. And, and get people comfortable with it, like the different flavors. So that way they're at least familiar with, with what's on the pre-order sheet. And then I always did the numbers like this, Sid. I'd be curious your feedback on it. 
So let's say in pre-order, and I'd say, hey, it's going to the pre-order sheets are up there for a week. At the end of the week, we're going to take place these orders. Um, and let's say at the end of the week, I've got uh, 15 bags and of different products that people want. All right. So I'm going to look at how many different SKUs, right? How many different actual products? And let's say out of the 15 bags, there's, uh, let's do easy math. Let's say there's um, five different products people have purchased. Okay. So three, three versions or three uh, units across five different products. Maybe it's the fish oil, the pre-workout, this flavor protein, this flavor protein, whatever it may be. So I buy the 15. And then I'm going to buy one more bag of what's sold to sit on display. I'm then going to go and buy one more bag of what's sold for distribution and, and pouring for free samples for members going forward. That way, my shelves never look bare. You know, bare shelves in a retail scenario for a gym look real shitty. So he's going to have the products. These are our top selling products. This is what was sold last time. They're up there. And then that way, when someone looks at it, they can say, oh, can I try that lemonade flavored push? And then you have a bag. You don't have to open the one that's on display. That's your pretty one. That's your artwork. Now you have one behind the front desk that you can go ahead and pour out, you know, and, and make, and, you know, put in a blender bottle and create it and pour it for somebody for them to sample. And that's kind of always the recommendation I gave gym owners very similarly with uh, apparel. I'm like, all right, well, pre-sell your apparel and then have mediums hanging on the shelves. Like mediums. I'm like, yeah, that way someone could try it on and they know whether they need to go up or down. You only need to have one size of apparel <laughs> for people to know kind of which size they need to go for the most part. Um, maybe the small, extra small for some of the ladies possibly, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Am I, am I, do you think I'm in the ballpark? Do you like that idea? I've actually never asked anyone in the, in the supplement industry, what they thought of that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, like you said, you know, bare shelves in a retail, it just isn't a great look. Um, and unless you've got a lot of marketing dollars behind you, I don't know if you're familiar uh, with the the bourbon brand Uncle Nearest. Um, there, yeah. I like to reference this because it, it's uh, it's hysterical. So Uncle Nearest um, is is a bourbon. Um, it if I know you're a whiskey guy, so and a bourbon guy, so uh, Uncle Nearest was the distiller who taught Jack Daniels how to make bourbon, um, and he was a former, he was an enslaved person, freed. He's his backstory is super cool. So uh, um, a husband and wife team get into this story and they learn a lot about Uncle Nearest and they want to re, they want to create a brand around the story and they want to, to bring back kind of his recipe and things like that. Um, and this is all happening a little bit pre pandemic. And then they do this and it, it gets picked up and there's a, a lot of things going on, but of course, you know, there's a lot of aging, there's a lot of time that it takes to make a good bourbon. And so they, they're, they run out of stock really quickly. So what do they do? They threw a million dollars at a marketing campaign so that everybody walking into a store was going, hey, do you have any Uncle Nearest? And they're like, no, we're out of stock. And they created all this buzz around it. But for most people, that isn't accessible. And so, like, having bare shelves is not a great thing. So definitely keeping something on display. And if it's, if you know it's, like, we're out of stock or something, you, you're not going to get an order for a couple of days. You can do like a microcosm of creating that buzz around it of just like put a little sign up that's like low inventory and people will be like, oh, why is it low inventory? Well, everybody's buying it up. Like they really like it. And you can kind of do that on a small scale, but not many gym owners I know are going to have a million dollars to throw out a marketing campaign. <laughs> 
Um, but that's just like kind of one of those things of like, yeah, keeping a little bit on, on hand, having a display bag, making sure you can taste test it out. Um, and then just, you know, making sure you're sticking to those pre-order sheets within, you know, plus or minus a couple bags, um, will, will give you the margin that you need. Um, especially if you want to start scaling up pre-orders are a great place to start. If you have had either not great experiences in the retail section, or you're trying to grow your retail section, there's a lot of owners who are pretty confident in what they order now, but they did, you know, a lot of beta testing of what they should keep on their shelves. Um, and until you you get to that point utilizing a pre-order is going to be your best friend sydney's hitting on my heartstrings when she i mean god you pulled out the fuel hunt quote earlier and now the the bourbon talk i love it and you know what sid it's so funny like when i was a kid i did uh i mowed lawns and i did the whole like i printed out a flyer uh on my old like mac or pc whatever we had and i put it up all over town and then i had the tearaways at the bottom that had my uh my mom's phone or like our house phone number like it had my name on it and that phone number and there was always generally 10 or 12 and my rule was always pull about 30 percent of them so i'd rip random ones as if a you know you know, three out of 12 people or four out of 12 people had actually already grabbed my number to hire me to mow their lawn when really it was just, it was a marketing, like you said, it's, you know, it's creating demand by uh, manipulation. And we do that in marketing all the time. Gym owners who do promotions are like, Hey, we're pre-selling 50 founding memberships and there's only 10 left, right? Like bullshit. You know, you're going to sell more than that, but we get it. Scarcity works in marketing. Um, so this has been great. I, I appreciate it. And I know uh, I'm going to be having you guys on to jam a bit more here in, in the future. So we could talk some more retail strategies um, and just some basic marketing things. I'm actually, I'm super interested to get into SFH as a company and look at how you guys haven't invested a ton of money in marketing and advertising, yet you guys still have such a great reputation and how you've been able to to really command this word of mouth following and get in with, you know, growing franchises like metabolic and stuff like that. And, uh, and hopefully people will be able to pick up some of the information um, that we'll be dropping. So again, everyone listening, you probably heard in the pre-roll already uh, head on over to SFH. If you want um, if you enjoyed this podcast, you like what city was putting down, head over there, uh, use the promo code at gym talk 20 and, and start trying out some of their products, hand stuff out to your members, surprise their day. Remember it's creating the client experience. It's not about doing what the member expects. It's about doing what they didn't expect. And I guarantee you next week they show up and you're handing out free pre-workout with push or handing out some free post-workout um, whey protein or whatever like that. It is just going to, again, it's just going to make them think about your brand in that light a little bit more. Now, Sid, if they have any questions for you specifically, they want to talk about like wholesale accounts and how that all works. What's the best way for someone to get in contact with you? Oh, yeah. The best way is just to shoot an email um, over to sales at SFH.com. I'm the person on the other end of that. And um, you can always go to our website and send like a little inquiry, too. So if you're already poking around the website um, using Stu's code and stuff like that, you can send an inquiry. And that also comes directly to me. Um, also, Instagram, you'll get to us. Um, you know, we get a ton of DMs. So if you're curious, you know, you're scrolling through our Instagram, you can send a DM on there and it'll all essentially get right to me um, and we can get all those questions answered for you. I love it. Sydney, thank you so much for taking the time today to come on. Uh, super excited for uh, our continued relationship here and uh, the future conversations we're going to have on the podcast. So thank you so much for taking your time today to uh, come on the show.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Sue. I really appreciate it. And it's been so much fun talking to you. Um, I've been a big fan of the show for a long time, so I'm just like ecstatic that I got to be on in this role. Um, so thank you so much. Hell yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you later.